0: the David Packman show at davidpackman.com
1: I want to start today with genuinely just very good news. You might remember that last week on Monday we learned that Pfizer Uh, reported that their vaccine in their data is shown to be 90 percent effective at preventing coronavirus infections. It was not yet peer reviewed this morning just hours ago. Moderna based here in Boston says that its vaccine is 94.5 percent effective in preventing COVID-19. This is interim data from a late stage clinical trial data on which they will be seeking immediate emergency use authorization to start vaccinating people. And we are very quickly pointed in the direction, of course, pending those approvals of the U.S. having two vaccines authorized for emergency use by December with as many as 40 to 60 million doses. Uh, available and being distributed by the end of this year. Moderna's interim analysis was based on 95 infections among participants who received either the placebo or a vaccine of those 95 people who got the virus. Only five had received the vaccine. The other 90 had received a placebo, in other words, not the vaccine. This was with the two doses 28 days apart, as is expected to be the sort of eventual protocol for this vaccine. Also, very important, the data from Moderna's 30,000 participant trial showed that the people who got the vaccine and got coronavirus, in other words, that roughly 5%, who, despite Having the vaccine were not completely protected, seemed to have significantly less serious cases of coronavirus. So That's a question that's still in the air about the Pfizer vaccine. One of the other major differences between the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccine is that, unlike the Pfizer vaccine, the Moderna vaccine requires only standard refrigeration. One of the issues with the Pfizer vaccine was that it requires refrigeration well below the temperatures that. Uh, like a typical flu vaccine might require. And so from an infrastructure standpoint, the Moderna vaccine also having huge, huge promise uh, just as far as the ease of distribution and it simplifies infrastructure requirements dramatically. The Pfizer vaccine has to be shipped and stored at minus 70 C 70 Celsius. And uh, that's certainly a challenge. So you couldn't ask for better news. Of course, we need to go through the process peer reviewing the data, getting that emergency use authorization. If you don't trust the FDA, these are vaccines. We now have two vaccines that are going to be presumably seeking approval in other countries as well. So if you trust a different country's health agency, as you would not be crazy to, to do during a time when the FDA and CDC have been so politicized by the Trump administration, you will have uh, uh, presumably approvals from other countries as well, at least before the vaccine is widely available to people of all ages. And uh, I, I think it makes sense to mention um, it does not seem like these companies. And from what I've seen, the Moderna CEO to me has always seemed like a guy on the up and up um, the development in Germany with BioNTech and this Turkish immigrant couple of the what is now being called the Pfizer vaccine. So far, the point I'm trying to make is I've not seen evidence that either of these individuals are running organizations that would try to get approval for their vaccine before it was ready. Trump wanted them to do it as quickly as possible. Trump said 100 million doses in October, Uh, and I would have been worried if that had happened because it seemed like it would have been too soon. December, based on the data we now have, seems logical. And uh, that, that's sort of where my head is right now. Now, I want to mention one other thing. Um, you start doing the math. OK, if we have two vaccines, 60 million doses in December, you need two doses. So that would be like th- for 30 million people. That's only 10 percent, nine percent of the country. And then maybe you get another total uh, for 35 million people in January. If you start doing math and it seems like it's going to be a long time before any of us will be able to get a vaccine. The latest surveys indicate that 40 percent of the country doesn't have any plan to get this vaccine. Now that represents potential herd immunity issues. But separately, remember, if 40 percent of the country doesn't want the vaccine, 400 million doses would be enough for everybody who wants the vaccine to get both doses that they need 28 days apart. So the point is, it's bad that 40 percent of the country doesn't want the vaccine from a herd immunity standpoint. You and I, if you are in sort of my demographic uh, 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 sort of position, age and health range, um, you and I may be able to get a vaccine far sooner as a result of having hopefully two approved vaccines and 40 percent of the country not wanting it. It does raise longer term questions, though, about 40 percent of the country not wanting the vaccine. We have a possible game changer here. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. We've seen Fauci on vaccine timeline be more optimistic lately than we've ever seen him. And if things go the way they are pointing, we could have a second half of twenty twenty one that looks dramatically better than twenty twenty. I don't want to make any more hyperbolic claim than that. I'm not even thinking of things like completely back to normal. But in the meantime, masks distancing, not having huge indoor thanksgivings, all of those things have to continue because we're back up to 1500 people a day dying. Hey, this is really funny. Um, Donald Trump essentially almost accidentally conceded on Friday. This this is just amazing. You know, Trump continues to claim victory. He continues to claim fraud. Even this morning he tweeted that he won, Uh, but he has been uh, essentially in hiding. Other than um, laying a wreath on Veterans Day, until Friday, the White House announces a big press conference to talk about, not conceding, no, to talk about coronavirus vaccines. And the expectations were Trump would not take questions. He didn't take questions, but yet he still made this event hilarious and pathetic. Remember, Trump keeps tweeting every single day I won, Biden lost, it was fraud, or fraud, as he says. It was fake and all of this stuff. But during his press conference on Friday, Trump almost accidentally admits he did lose. He brings up lockdowns and he says he doesn't want lockdowns. He wouldn't do lockdowns. And then as he realizes he's sort of about to refer to the Biden administration, he finds a way out of it just by the skin of his teeth. Take a look and hundreds of thousands of jobs
2: every single day. Ideally, we won't go to a lockdown. I will not go. This administration will not be going to a lockdown. Hopefully the the uh, whatever happens in the future, who knows which administration will be. I guess time will tell. But uh, I can tell you this administration will not go to a lockdown. There won't be necessity. Lockdowns
1: cost lives and they cost a lot of problems. He's about to say hopefully the Biden administration, which of course is incoming. But then he realizes, wait a second, I'm scamming my followers that I won. I can't say that. So he says, whatever happens in the future. And this entire event felt like an event put together for Trump's ego. And I'm reminded, as some of you know, uh, Donald Trump's late father, Fred Trump, uh, had dementia, quite, quite serious dementia towards the end of his life. And at a certain point, they sort of concocted like a fake work environment for Fred Trump where he would still go into work and he'd have papers on his desk and he would have a phone and he would think he was working. But when he would pick up the phone, it would only die. The only person he could get was his secretary out in the main room. And um, this almost feels like a version of that for Trump, where Pfizer had already said, listen, we weren't part of Operation Warp Speed and uh, Trump's on his way out. Trump lost. But they sort of like set up a show press conference for Trump to feel like he's doing stuff. Here is a military general, for example, sucking up to Trump, Mr. President. Thank you for allowing me to continue service. Of our great nation as the co leader with Dr. Monsef Sulawi on this mission. Trump does say we won't be delivering the vaccine to New York. And this is another instance of Trump wanting to, I guess, attack Governor Andrew Cuomo. Take a listen. As
2: soon as April, the vaccine will be available to the entire general population, with the exception of places like New York State, where for political reasons the governor uh, decided to say, and, you know, I don't think it's good politically. I think it's very bad from a health standpoint. But uh, he wants to take his time on the vaccine. He doesn't trust where the vaccine's coming from. These are coming from the greatest uh, companies anywhere in the world, greatest labs in the world.
1: Now, that's a total lie. What New York Governor Andrew Cuomo said is he has a problem with Trump's demands for um, a lot of information about everybody who's vaccinated, which Andrew Cuomo fears could be used by ICE and immigration authorities to come and start finding undocumented immigrants in New York. And Andrew Cuomo doesn't want vaccination to be used for those purposes. It is not about uh, what uh, Donald Trump makes it out to be. It's not vaccine skepticism or anything of the like. Trump's just, uh, just lying. And here is the other clip I really want you to take a look at. Take a listen to this.
2: Pfizer said it wasn't part of warp speed, but that turned out to be a unfortunate misrepresentation. They are part. That's why we gave them the one point nine five million billion dollars, and
1: uh, it was an unfortunate mistake that they made when they said that. Yeah. So this is um, this is a. So so let me see if I can explain how this goes. Trump did Operation Warp Speed, where he did fund research for some vaccines and the Pfizer vaccine is not one of them. Okay, what Trump is arguing here is that because Pfizer agreed to sell a bunch of vaccines to the government, if indeed they get an approved vaccine, Trump says they did participate in Operation Warp Speed. The problem is Trump's trying to argue the vaccine from Pfizer is almost done thanks to money from the Trump administration. That's not true. In other words, if you come to me and you say, hey, David, um, if you develop a really great electric car, I will buy a bunch of them. But I'm not giving you any money right now and there's nothing I'm giving you that's going to help you develop the car. But if you develop the car, I want a deal that you will sell me 100 of these vehicles that's essentially what happened here. And Donald Trump is trying to distort it, as always, to try to take credit. And then Trump in the end did wrap up without taking any questions. And you're going to hear as Trump kind of slinks away, you're going to hear questions being yelled like, why do you think you won the election and many others? Everybody, thank you very much. So it's really unclear how much more we're going to be seeing Donald Trump during this presidency. It could go a number of ways. We could see he see him all the way up to the inauguration, continuing to claim that he won. We could see Trump leave the White House for Thanksgiving next week and never come back. We could see Trump leave the White House uh, for Christmas in December and go to Florida and never go back to D.C. It really could go any number of ways. I'm wondering where you see it going. Let me know.
0: I'm on Twitter. At D. Pacman. The David Pacman Show at DavidPacman.com.
1: If you are anything like me, you probably aren't thrilled with the idea of going into a doctor's office right now. And thankfully, there is a practical and affordable way to take control of your health and get personalized care from the comfort of your home. It's a service called Steady MD, they're one of our sponsors. You take a quiz, you get matched with a licensed primary care physician who understands your health needs. You have a one hour video call with your new doctor. You establish a meaningful relationship with them. And after that, your doctor is available to you anytime by text, phone or video chat. This is not a random doctor on call. Each doctor at Steady MD has a limited number of patients, so they actually have time to listen to you. You get the personal attention that you deserve. They can do almost everything an in-person doctor can do, perform medical evaluations, talk to you about health concerns, send prescriptions to your home or local pharmacy and anything they can't do online. They'll quickly set you up with an in-person provider to do things like blood tests. As an example, you don't need insurance. It's only 99 bucks a month with no other fees or copays. There are so many practical advantages to using steadyMD for primary care. And it's also so much more affordable. Go to steadymd.com/pacman to take the free quiz and see which doctor is right for you. I took their quiz, they matched me with a doctor who specializes in my particular health needs. The doctor they gave me is a really perfect fit for me. Again, that's steadymd.com/pacman. There's no risk, no commitment to get started. That's S T E A D Y M D dot com forward slash P A K M A N one of our sponsors is privacy.com. They're giving you $5 when you sign up for their completely free service at privacy.com slash pacman. I've been using privacy for a little over a year now. You've heard me talk about it before. It's a lifesaver and here's how it works. Takes just a couple of minutes to set up anytime you buy something online or on the phone. Instead of actually using your real credit card number, the privacy app and the browser plugin let you give each company a randomized virtual credit card number that you create out of thin air. It'll even autofill the card number with one click and the payment is taken out of your checking account without the merchant ever knowing your real information. So this allows you to keep your banking information secure, but also to take control of your finances. You can create up to 12 of these virtual credit cards a month. You can set spending limits. You can freeze them. You can delete them anytime you want. So when you do this, it means you're not going to be charged when you don't want to be because you can destroy the virtual card number right after using it, which for instance, I love using free trials because I know I won't be charged when the trial is over. If I use a virtual credit card number, you're keeping your identity private by not telling companies who you are. You're keeping your bank or credit card info protected against data breaches and identity theft and it's free. There's no catch whatsoever. But if you want privacy also offers a $10 a month plan that gives you 1% cash back and lets you create 36 credit cards a month and a $25 a month plan tailored more for small businesses where you can create 60 card numbers a month and much more. But definitely go ahead and at least get started with the free plan. You'll protect your financial info. Companies can't charge you unexpectedly. And like I said, you'll get $5 to spend when you sign up at privacy.com slash Pacman.
0: The David Pacman show at DavidPacman.com. dot com.
1: Please remember that our primary funding source on the show, whether you watch on YouTube, listen to the podcast, just troll my voicemail number, whatever it is you do, however you watch, uh, we are mostly funded by individual memberships. You can grab such a membership at joinpacman.com. We do have a daily extra show just for our members. And if you want a discount, you're under no obligation to take it. If you would like a discount, the coupon code Fresh Start, all one word, all lowercase, saves you an ungodly amount of money. That's fresh start at joinpacman.com Barack Obama gave a number of interviews, including to CBS's 60 Minutes, which we will get to, but also uh, to Gail King. And it was very interesting to hear Barack Obama's perspective on the last four years and on the election. Uh, that Joe Biden has defeated Donald Trump and the implications. And one of the messages that Barack Obama focused on, not just in this interview, but in others as well, is that this is not normal and it's an important message. We've been talking about hyper normalization for four years. Let's take a listen to the former president here.
3: I think we were in a circumstance in this election in which certain norms, certain institutional values that are so extraordinarily important had been breached, that it was important for me as somebody who had served in that office to simply let people know this is not normal.
1: So I've talked about this and I talked about this when Donald Trump was elected and we saw things are going to be insane. I started saying I am going to try to prevent the normalization of insanity and It's something we've continued talking about and we've had to fight. And it happens to all of us. There is no way to see daily scandal and embarrassment and humiliation day after day after day and not to some degree become desensitized to it, to another attack on the media, to another attack on democracy, to another attack on the the sort of fundamentals that this country is based on. And Barack Obama nicely lays out. This is not normal. None of this is normal. And Barack Obama also lays out that he's very concerned about the 72 million people that voted for Donald Trump, whose worldview is largely informed by radical right wing media, exactly as I've been talking about for the last several months. Take a listen to this. 72 million people voted for Donald
4: Trump. Mm-hmm. What does that say to you about the state of this country?
3: Well, what it says is that we are still deeply divided. The power of that alternative worldview that's presented in the media that those voters consume, it carries a lot of weight.
4: Are you worried about that?
3: Yes. It's very hard for our democracy to function if we are operating on just completely different sets of facts.
4: But as clear as we sit here today, we're not gonna have a peaceful transition. I think about John McCain calling, George and Laura Bush welcoming you and Michelle Obama to the White House. Could
3: not have been more gracious.
4: I remember you inviting Donald Trump to the White House.
3: If you succeed, then the country succeeds.
4: I wish that you succeed because we want the country to succeed. He does not seem to have taken a page out of any of those playbooks. No. So (laughs) what
3: is at stake here? Well, look, Joe Biden will be the next president of the United States. Kamala Harris will be the next vice president. There is no legal basis. There's he's no getting
4: support from members of the Republican Party who are not challenging him.
3: And that has been disappointing. Yeah. But it's been sort of par for the course during these four years. They obviously didn't think there was any fraud going on because they didn't say anything about it for the first two days.
1: Barack Obama was also asked about his demeanor on the campaign trail when he was out there for Joe Biden over the last few weeks. And Barack Obama pointed out that he was not so much going in on Trump. He was stating facts. He was just repeating things Trump said verbatim.
3: It, it wasn't personal. Actually, what I you didn't have. I, a I've had it moment. The truth is, everything I said, I was just stating facts. You've got a president right now. He wants full credit for an economy that he inherited. He wants zero
4: blame for the pandemic. He ignored. It was out of character for you to speak up, Mr. President, that way.
3: I was not the person who at a. White House briefing room said uh, how is bleach the way to solve COVID? I wasn't doing a routine. I was repeating words that I heard. We talked about how
1: it is really difficult to massively deprogram millions of cultists. And case in point, last week, I took a very interesting call from from a a fellow YouTuber who has a small channel who said, David, I was able to do it. I deprogrammed a Trumpist. And I said, great. Well, so how did it happen? And the the guy said, well, I had him on my YouTube channel for three hours for a one on one conversation. And that is a very difficult timeline for the massive deprogramming of 72 million people. Now, you can say you don't have to deprogram all 72 million if you can deprogram 10, 15 percent of them. You're already shifting the electoral balance dramatically. But the first step to massive deprogramming has to be massive denormalization. It has to be the masses must re realize they must again come to realize that this is not normal, that it's whacked. I don't really know how to do it. One thing I thought about over the weekend was would the realization that Trump doesn't care about them play a role in the deprogramming. And what I mean by that is Donald Trump's supporters are people that Trump wouldn't be caught dead with. Most of Trump supporters are people Trump has spent his entire life avoiding by flying private and living where he has lived and so on and so forth. And you just have to look at this weekend for a perfect example. There was this big protest in favor of Trump in D.C people going crazy. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. Trump literally drives by the protest waving from inside his armored vehicle on his way to spend the weekend playing golf. He doesn't care about them. And I'm just thinking out loud here. If Trump supporters came to really understand that Trump doesn't give to you know what's about them, would that help to deprogram them? And I'm reminded of an LBJ quote, Lyndon B. Johnson, the former president who said if you can convince the lowest white man that he's better than the best colored man, this was the vocabulary of the time, he won't notice you're picking his pocket. Hell, give him somebody to look down on and he'll empty his pockets for you. That's who Trump has targeted and who primarily has to be deprogrammed. So bottom line, I'm glad Barack Obama is saying these things. I'm disgusted and horrified that things like this have to be said, that it has to be mentioned, Trump continuing to claim he won is a disaster for the for the United States. It's an embarrassment. Um, Trump attacking the media, Trump attacking these fundamental institutions. The fact that we have to mention, hey, guys, by the way, this is bad. This isn't normal. That's the tragedy. And a peaceful transfer of power, of course, is important. Joe Biden won. That's not a controversial thing to say, or at least it shouldn't be. But 86 percent of Trump voters don't believe that Joe Biden legitimately won. I imagine that as we get closer to inauguration, that number will decline. So let's now go to another interesting interview that Barack Obama did over the weekend. Barack Obama was interviewed with 60 Minutes. It was crazy, just like Trump, former President Obama walked out of the interview abruptly as soon as he was asked a real question. I'm kidding. Obviously, he didn't do that, unlike Donald Trump. Who did do that a few weeks ago. Barack Obama sat there and just answered the questions he was asked. We might not like every answer he gave, but he just answered the questions, unlike Donald Trump, who had to abort the interview and walk out on Leslie Stahl. But I have some clips I do want to look at with you. And what I found fascinating about this interview is that Barack Obama's talking about Trump as if he's a problem child who misbehaves and he's sort of struggling to deal with a child. It, it reminded me of A second grade teacher explaining to the parents that, listen, what what little Donnie is doing in class, it's not okay. but I need to talk to you about what's going on at home to really have a chance at fixing it. It felt like that type of a conversation. Let's take a look at a little little bit of it
3: and and then discuss. What are these false claims of widespread election fraud doing to our country right now? The president doesn't like to lose and uh, never admits loss. Um, I'm more troubled by the fact that other Republican officials who clearly know better are going along with this, are humoring him in this fashion.
1: Little Donnie doesn't like to lose or admit he lost. But President Obama pointing out, as I've been doing for some time now, that the problem is not Trump alone. It's Republicans around Trump and voters in this case, because if every Republican simply said, Don, come on, Joe Biden won. Joe Biden's president elect, you've got to move on. We would have a very different scenario. If right wing media did the same, this wouldn't now be dragging out into what is almost week three at this point in time, with 86% of Trumpists believing Joe Biden didn't legitimately win. And we'll talk about this. The, the idea here is the problem isn't really Trump. The problem is the Republican Party. You could have a Trump if Trump tried to run as a Democrat, it would have gone nowhere. Trump ran as a Republican. And I'm not going back to that debunked quote that does. That's not even a real quote from Trump from 20 years ago. The reason Trump became president is because he ran as a Republican. It wouldn't have worked in the Democratic Party. And the problem is Republicans to a great degree. And we will talk about that. But let's continue
3: with this interview. Um, it is one more step in delegitimizing not just the incoming Biden administration, but democracy generally, and that's a dangerous path. We would never accept that out of our own kids behaving that way if they lost. Right? I, I, I mean, if, if, if my daughters in, in any kind of competition uh, pouted and, and then accused uh, the other side of uh, cheating when they lost, when there was no evidence of it, we'd scold him. This is just perfect.
1: And I'd actually go further. It's not just children that get scolded for acting the way Trump is acting because Trump is acting like a child. I've played in sports leagues as an adult. I've played in soccer leagues. I've played in dodgeball. We had a huge dodgeball performance where the David Pakman show charity dodgeball team won the tournament. But imagine we had lost and imagine that we started saying the refs rigged it. We actually won. I mean, even adults who behave this way in any kind of competitive event would be asked to leave. And that is what Donald Trump is doing. And then Barack Obama also pointed out that there's been huge normalization of insanity in the last few years. And he likens Trump uh, to a strongman dictator.
3: You know, I I think that there has been uh, this sense over the last several years that literally anything goes and is justified in order to get power. Uh, And uh, that's not unique to the United States. There are strongmen and dictators around the world who think that I can do anything to stay in power. Uh, I can kill people. I can throw them in jail. I can run phony elections. I can suppress journalists. But that's not who we're supposed to be. And one of the signals I think that uh, Joe Biden needs to send to the world is that, no, those values that we preached and we uh, believed in and subscribed in, uh, we still believe.
1: Now literally, as this interview was wrapping up on 60 Minutes, Donald Trump took to Twitter and tweeted this humiliating screed, quote. Why does the fake news media continuously assume that Joe Biden will ascend to the presidency, not even allowing our side to show, which we are just getting ready to do, how badly shattered and violated our great Constitution has been in the 2020 election? It was attacked, perhaps like never before, from large numbers of poll watchers that were thrown out of vote counting rooms in many of our states to millions of ballots that have been altered by Democrats only for Democrats to voting after the election was over to using radical left owned dominion voting systems turned down by Texas and many others because it was not good or secure. Those responsible for the safeguarding of our Constitution cannot allow the fake results of the 2020 mail in election to stand. The world is watching completely humiliating. I mean, it's it's uh, we're going to go through the lies in that in the next segment, but this is a humiliating tragedy that the United States is going through right now. We all we can do is put one foot in front of the other one day at a time and get to January 20th. We really can't do anything else at this point. Let's talk about the Twitter meltdown a little bit here. Donald Trump managed to tell eight lies about the election in just a handful of tweets overnight. And I do mean overnight. And it was a bizarre evening for Donald Trump. Uh, His presidency is entering the 10th to last week of his presidency, spreading disinformation, retweeting violent out of context videos. And because of his tweets, I'm going to be able to tell you three or four different stories that I wanted to talk about anyway. So we'll use the tweets as a sort of jumping off point. So first to reset as night had fallen. I already read this earlier. I want to read it one more time and and, and sort of uh, uh, fact check it. Trump tweeting. Why does the fake news media continuously assume that Joe Biden will ascend to the presidency? Well, because he won not even allowing our side to show which we are just getting ready to do how badly shattered and violated our great constitution has been in the 2020 election. It was attacked perhaps like never before. That's untrue. Um, Aside from anecdotal instances of, you know, uh, the Pennsylvania lieutenant governor found two irregularities, both involving Republicans. But it was an election that was uh, relatively secure, quite secure from large numbers of poll watchers that were thrown out of vote counting rooms in many of our states so that there were people who weren't actually poll watchers who were told you can't be in here. But every state had both Republican and Democratic poll watchers, as is uh, as is part of the rules to millions of ballots that have been altered by Democrats, completely untrue. No evidence for that whatsoever uh, to using radical left owned dominion voting systems. That's another conspiracy which is being used to claim millions of votes were digitally flipped to Biden. No evidence of it whatsoever. Those responsible for the safeguarding of our Constitution cannot allow the fake results of the election to stand. The world is watching. Well, the, 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 the results are real and they will stand. So. You know, it's deceptive to attack the media for not pretending Trump maybe once said he didn't. Uh, The idea that Trump doesn't get to show his side is a lie. They've gone to courts 10 times. All the courts say there's nothing here. And there are like five lies just to, to start with right off the bat. Then at midnight, Trump is still going. He tweets simply, I won the election. Now, that's a lie. Joe Biden won the election. Then Trump retweeted a bunch of nonsense including a tweet from a random sycophant who said have the, have changed to newsmax and oan they are so much better this is part of trump's new ongoing attack against fox news for not i guess being sycophantic enough to donald trump then trump in the middle of the night retweeting his own prior tweet where he said quote antifa scum ran for the hills today when they tried attacking the people at the Trump rally because those people aggressively fought back, Antifa waited until tonight when 99% were gone to attack innocent MAGA people. DC police, get going, do your job, and don't hold back. Now, tr- this is important. Trump also started retweeting a lot of deceptive videos of violence meant to imply that all you saw in DC was random Trumpists walking by. Uh, on their way to do community service, I'm sure, getting attacked by left wingers. Um, There were video there's a guy named Andy, no, spelled NGO, who was tweeting a bunch of these. Dave Rubin, a cultural critic and arbiter of ideas, Dave Rubin, who had an awakening that pulled him away from liberalism towards, uh, I guess, voting Trump a few years ago. They were all tweeting these videos purporting to be of innocent Trumpists getting beaten. And incredibly, I, I even covered some of these on my Twitter many of these videos that these right wingers and Trump were tweeting out were they they were indeed of Trumpists being attacked after these same Trumpists were running wild on the streets of D.C., punching people, including women and and uh, uh, committing what appear to be multiple different felonies. And Trump continued to tweet a lot of those trash videos all night. Um, Will Trump's Twitter be suspended when Trump is no longer president? That's the question. When Trump is no longer president, his Twitter account will no longer have certain public person protections. One would imagine that it would be appropriate to suspend Donald Trump's Twitter account at that point in time. And again, I I, want to go back to this because it's so important. The most dangerous part of this is that Trump's followers believe it. Trump's followers believe Joe Biden didn't win legitimately. Trump's followers believe. That DC was mostly Antifa violence, which it of course was not. And it reminds us that the real danger isn't someone like Trump who says this stuff. It's a country where 50, 60, 70 million of your followers believe anything you say to some degree or another. That's really the danger.
0: And we'll have more coverage of this on our Instagram page at David Pacman Show. The David Pacman Show at davidpacman.com.
1: It's never too early to start shopping for holiday gifts, especially because right now for a limited time, you can save big on something that everyone needs, a pair of high quality wireless earbuds. Raycon wireless earbuds is one of our sponsors today, and they're giving you up to 20 percent off when you go to buy slash David. I use Raycon earbuds for everything, listening to music, making calls, exercising. They're super comfortable with a really nice noise canceling fit. The battery lasts for hours and hours, and they really do sound amazing with the same level of quality you would get from other premium brands, but the best part is that they start at just half the price. So this holiday season, get them something they'll actually want, something that they'll use every day, a superior pair of wireless earbuds or pick up a pair for yourself, and you'll save up to 20% when you go to buyraycon.com/david. But hurry, because this offer is only good for a limited time and you won't want to miss it. That's B U Y R A Y C O N dot com slash David. One of our sponsors is Hydrant, which is a delicious fruit drink powder that you mix into water for rehydration, and they're giving you 25 percent off your first order. It's made with four key electrolytes that the body needs powerfully supporting your hydration. Hydrant tastes great. It's made with real fruit juice. It's been a great part of my daily routine for a while now. Keeping myself hydrated puts me in a better mood. The body needs hydration for basic energy and focus and hydrant is the perfect way to rehydrate, especially because it's cost effective and lower in sugar compared to all of those popular sports drinks that are out there. You really have to try it for yourself to see what I mean. It tastes great. They also have a variety called hydrant immunity packed with vitamins A, B, C and D, which is also very much worth trying. Hydrant has a full refund guarantee if you're not satisfied and you'll get 25% off your first order. When you go to drinkhydrant.com/slash Pacman or enter the code Pacman at checkout, that's drinkh Y D R A-N-T.com slash P-A-K-M-A-N. Coupon code Pacman. I've put the link in the podcast notes.
0: Welcome back to The David Pakman Show. Check out this insane situation that has developed. We
1: have at the same time, on the one hand, Trumpists protesting where they chant Fox News sucks. And at the same time, if you turn on Fox News, at least at night, you have Fox News continue to platform continuing to platform. The absolute dumbest arguments about Donald Trump's so called stolen election. Trump is going crazy now, attacking Fox News, telling people not to watch, because on some Fox News shows, they have acknowledged, you know, Joe Biden did win after all. So Trump's furious about that. Some of his followers are furious about that. But at the same time, if you watch, you know, uh, Hannity, Janine Pirro, Laura Ingram, They're still doing all the same sycophantic Trump won and Joe Biden stole it" stuff. And I want to look at a few examples with you. Here is one of Donald Trump's lawyers arguing that corrupt voting machine software that some states used has been used by the CIA for its own benefit. I mean, this is like conspiracy. It reads like a conspiracy fake news article from from a fake news website, a conspiracy website or even just like a satire website. But this is one of Donald Trump's lawyers actually saying this stuff on TV with
4: expert reports and some documentation of how corrupt this software is. And nobody in our government has paid any attention to it, which makes me wonder how much the CIA has used it for its own benefit in different places and why Gina Haspel is still there in the CIA is beyond my comprehension. She should be fired immediately.
1: This same Trump lawyer, that's Sidney Powell. She said that Donald Trump actually won this election by millions of votes. How Wait! Wait! hold on? It it looks like he lost it. No, no, no. She says Trump won by millions of votes. Take a look at this
4: because we're fixing to overturn the results of the election in multiple states. And President Trump won by not just hundreds of thousands of votes, but by millions of votes that were shifted by this software that was designed expressly for that purpose.
1: Imagine how insane it is that this stuff is still happening on Fox News. And yet Trump is still furious with them. And his supporters were chanting Fox News sucks in Washington, D.C. over the weekend. Then there's Rudy Giuliani. Rudy's evidence that the election was rigged against Trump. It's a hunch he has. He would be surprised if Philadelphia didn't cheat. But I mean, the reality is the reality is the the reality is that I would be surprised if Philadelphia didn't cheat in this election. They've
2: done it in the last so, for the so last me- 60 years.
1: Now we listen, guys. If he'd be surprised, that's that. I mean, that's as good as definite fraud, right? And then Saturday night on the Judge Janine Pirro show, the same Trump lawyer Sidney Powell says, they should just invalidate the election, just just delete it as if it never happened,
4: and yeah, never being certified. No state that had anything done to the machine prior to the sort prior to right prior to the election without a new certification is going to have to invalidate its votes. It's going to have to go to the state legislatures to be decided, Janine.
1: And then she goes on to say that there were millions of votes flipped or erased, not just in swing states, but even in states that weren't close.
4: I am working on the massive aspect of, of system-wide election fraud, definitely impacting the swing states and likely going far beyond that. We're talking about the alteration and changes in millions of, of votes, some being dumped that were for President Trump, some being flipped that were for President Trump, uh, computers being overwritten to ignore signatures, all kinds of different means of manipulating the Dominion and Smartmatic software that, of course, we would not expect Dominion or Smartmatic to admit.
1: And then here is Jesse Waters airing his suspicion, his feeling that Joe Biden didn't really win, that Biden was installed. He has a gut feeling, guys. I thought these were the people who said facts don't care about your feelings. But Jesse Waters has a feeling that Joe Biden didn't really win.
4: Turbulence, obviously, but it, it, there's, a, there's a sneaking suspicion, me and a lot of Americans, that Joe Biden was installed somehow, some way. I'm I can't prove this allegation,
2: but it's a gut feeling, but that's why you do these kind of investigations. Do you kind of
4: have that feeling too? Yeah, I do because it's uh, multifaceted
1: and the voice at the end there was Victor Davis Hansen from the Hoover Institution agreeing with Jesse's gut feeling, just a completely delusional segment. And then here's one last one. This is really funny. Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, who offered a million dollars for proof of voter fraud. The million dollars still hasn't been collected, shockingly. Dan Patrick went on Fox News and said, listen, this is a really clear path for Trump. If we recount Georgia and Arizona and those states flip to Trump, then all we need is the Supreme Court to hand Pennsylvania to Trump and we win. Don't you guys see how simple it is? Recount two states and flip them and then have the court give a third state to Trump and boom, he'll be reelected on January
2: 20th. The official count in Georgia, Arizona, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. And remember, Shannon, there's less than 30,000 votes in Georgia and Arizona. Uh, dividing Biden and Trump. And if those two states turn, if they do, then the Supreme Court could make the decision on Pennsylvania and then Trump is president. So I don't know how it's going to turn out, but we deserve a real count to know what the real vote was so we can have confidence in our elections. And Biden should be the first person,
1: Shannon, to go out there and say, look, recount. But the Democrats brought this on themselves, Shannon, with their suspicious act. So there are some real questions about the future of Fox News, because it's it's bipolar what's going on here. On the one hand, they're still doing all of this insane stuff and claiming that Trump really won. But at the same time, because a couple of reporters have said, listen, it's kind of over like Trump lost. That's it. Trump is mad at them and Trump's followers are mad at Fox News, but he still has friends in the nighttime shows like Hannity and Jeanine Pirro. Who the hell knows what to expect and somebody who also seems to have become. Completely disconnected from reality in the last two weeks is Trump's press secretary. I want to talk about that next. Donald Trump's press secretary and senior campaign advisor, and just a private person who supports Trump, is Kaylee McEnany. She has three roles, which she uses interchangeably depending on what's more convenient. Kaylee McEnany did a dive directly into the deep end of the crazy pool with this Trump voter fraud stuff. And you really have to see it to believe it. Now, I know there's a long list of people who deserve to never work again after this Trump administration is all said and done. Kaylee McEnany is certainly at the top of the list, a so-called Christian who lies daily for Donald Trump. And I know that when I say deserves to never work again, some people write to me. they say, David, are you advocating for people to starve? Are you saying she should be on the streets without food? No, Kaylee can have food. I'm saying that in a fair world, she should be unemployable given her behavior as Trump press secretary. She's going to be fine financially. She's married to a professional baseball player. Don't worry, but she should be unemployable for the absolute atrocities she's been involved with during her time working for Trump. Now, White House Press Secretary Kaylee McEnany. Goes on Fox News with Stuart Varney, Fox Business with Stuart Varney. And this time she's there not as press secretary, but as a Trump campaign advisor. And she is asked, is Donald Trump going to go to President elect Joe Biden's inauguration? And she says, well, the president will attend his own inauguration. Are, are you prepared to say that the president will, de- President Trump will definitely
3: attend the inauguration?
0: Uh, Again, you know, that's many that's
1: many steps away here. Uh, We're talking January and uh, President Trump believes he will be President Trump, have a second term uh, and litigation is the first step, many steps away
0: from that.
3: It would look pretty bad if he did not attend the inauguration. It would sound like look like sour grapes, wouldn't it?
0: I, I think the president will
1: attend his own inauguration. He would have to be there, in fact. Does anybody fall for that? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. A recent poll shows 86 percent of Trumpists believe Joe Biden did not legitimately win. Sixty percent of Trump voters believe that what Trump is doing will overturn the results and will lead to Trump getting a second term. We watch this. You and I watch this. Normal people watch this and we say, who could possibly believe this stuff? Well, 86 percent of Trump voters, which is about 62 million people, believe it was stolen from Joe Biden. Forty three million people are sitting there expecting that Trump tweeting and filing bogus lawsuits will lead to Trump being president for a second term. Then on Friday or maybe this was Saturday night, the same Kayleigh McEnany appeared on Fox News and referred to an election epidemic, which is both hilarious, but also she's on to something in a certain way. Let's take a look. And Sean is they seized on a global pandemic and created an election epidemic and we saw it happening. I remember the campaign attorneys coming to the president and say, we're fighting this in court and this in court and they're trying to extend the deadline here. And it was like whack a mole. whack a Now, first of all, she'd be far more convincing if she held up pieces of paper. She should be holding up reams of paper to be more credible. That's usually her move. But what she says in election epidemic. It was an epidemic of people voting. We had massive turnout. It turns out if you make it easier for people to vote, like expanding early voting and expanding absentee and vote by mail, more people vote. We've had over one hundred and fifty one million votes counted so far. That's the epidemic. People will vote if you make it easier. And it's very clear that that's not a great thing for Donald Trump and for the Republican Party. Kaylee deserves to never work again. I don't want her to starve. I want her to be able to feed her children, but she should be unemployable for the grift that she has participated in for the last several years. But if you look online, you know that right wing grifting can actually be very, very profitable.
0: Kaylee's going to do just fine, my friends. The David Pacman Show at davidpacman.com. If you love
1: feeding your intellectual curiosity, but you're always struggling to find the time, check out one of my all time favorite apps called Blinkist. Blinkist lets you consume an entire book on your way home from work. They take thousands of popular nonfiction books, condense each one into text or audio that you can get through in just 15 minutes and you get all of the important core ideas and information from that book. It's perfect if you don't have enough time to do all the reading you want to do or if you just want to sample a book before you buy the entire thing. I recently read a brief history of time, of course, by the great Stephen Hawking. This is a book that I have been aware of for so long and other things got in the way and it was fantastic to check it out on Blinkist. Blinkist has books on politics, philosophy, science. They have 27 different nonfiction categories, and a subscription is only about eight bucks a month, and you get access to the entire library. But you can try it totally free and get 25% off a subscription when you go to slash pacman. That's B L I N K I S tcom pacman. This episode is sponsored by blue chew. One of the things I make a priority on the show is not to perpetuate stigma for things that don't deserve it. We've talked about mental health. We've talked about many things where we should all just be respectful adults period and we would be better off and blue chew can increase performance and give you that extra confidence you may be looking for blue blue like the color blue is the first chewable with the same FDA approved ingredient as in Viagra and Cialis. It can be taken day or night, even on a full stomach since it's chewable. Blue Chew is prescribed online by licensed doctors. You don't have to go to a doctor's office. You don't have to wait in line at a pharmacy. It ships right to your door in a discreet package. They're made in the USA. And since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, it's cheaper than a pharmacy and best of all, no more awkwardness. We've got a special deal for our viewers and listeners. Go to bluechew.com. Get your first shipment free when you use our promo code PACMAN. That's P A K M A N. Pay just $5 shipping. That's B L U E promo code PACMAN to try it totally free. Bluechew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring The David PACMAN Show.
0: the David Packman show at davidpackman.com So uh, ABC's Martha
1: Raddatz interviewed some Trump supporters who I guess are are COVID skeptical, mask skeptical and just generally not very informed people And it's really bad. And there is a huge controversy that has surfaced as to whether this is even something that should have been done at all. I'm going to play a clip for you here and then we'll talk about it. Um, It's important to understand these are not just Trump supporters. These are Trump supporters who who downplay the pandemic to some degree, who either refuse to wear masks or don't think it's quite so serious. And remember, we now regularly are having over one hundred and fifty thousand cases a day. We're back up to fifteen hundred deaths per day. These are folks who aren't so sure it's serious, even though more than 250,000 Americans have already died. Let's take a look.
4: Americans in the aftermath of the election, I found many who continue to downplay the pandemic. Absolutely. Do you not wear a mask because Donald Trump? No, absolutely not. It? No, because I, that's that's that's. I just don't believe in
3: them. Same just, thing with me. I mean, uh, can the masks really defend a microbe coming through the the, the weaving of the fiber? No, I kind of no, doubt no. it. I really doubt it.
4: Do you guys just not believe the scientists on this?
3: No, no, I believe COVID, COVID is real. And COVID
1: is absolutely, like I said, I just lost my cousin.
3: You know, I never thought that the disease was worth all the precautions and everything that went down as far as shutting down the country,
4: even though you're worried about this virus. How do you feed your family? I'm more worried about that than I am about catching something that has like was a ninety seven point nine five percent survival rate. Wash your hands. Eat well. You know, take your probiotics and your vitamins. You know, just do what we do during cold and flu season and just pray for the best.
1: OK, so I don't believe in masks. What does that mean? You don't believe they exist. You don't believe that they do anything. Oh, well, then I don't believe masks work based on what? And that's my complaint with this, because there's been this huge controversy over the responsibility or irresponsibility of platforming these people. The idea being we know dumb people exist. We know ignorant people exist. We know, you know, hyperpartisan people exist who will believe anything Trump says. And what, what are we really getting out of this? I have talked before about the term responsible platforming. I've interviewed uh, Trump supporters support, you know, we uh, uh, white nationalists, homophobes, whatever. My view has always been you have to do it responsibly, where if you're going to air people saying irresponsible things, they must be made to appear irresponsible and ignorant and unhinged. And sometimes it's a matter of just asking questions, right? If you're going to do this, you have to follow up the question when someone says, I don't believe masks work, you say, how did you determine that masks don't work? Why do you know more than epidemiologists? What is your job? What is your education? The woman who says, you know, take your probiotics and your vitamins and pray to God that you don't get the virus. Why do you need prayer if probiotics and vitamins work? What evidence do you have that probiotics and vitamins prevent coronavirus if you need the probiotics and vitamins Why is it that you also need to pray? Right. I mean, come on, guys. I actually question doing this. If you're not going to provide that environment, we know there are dumb people out there. But what we are doing here, if you don't do this responsibly, the way it should be done is you are giving these people credibility as legitimate participants uh, among adult conversations when they're not, you know, people who think if you cut taxes for the rich, it stimulates the economy. That's a topic that's worthy of a discussion, even if they are wrong. Uh, there's you know, a legitimate debate there. They're wrong, but it's not irresponsible the way this is irresponsible. This is like disaster porn. But what's the point if you're not going to ostracize these people or give them enough rope to ostracize themselves, so to speak? especially since Trump lost. And so I'm not going to play more clips because you clearly get the picture of this. I don't want to give these people more attention. But of course, I have no problem interviewing dumb people or even people with dangerous or bad ideas. I've done it many, many times. But to do it, you have to do it responsibly and you have to actually be giving these people the right rope with which they would hang themselves when the woman says prayer and probiotics and vitamins. You've got to be there and say, would prayer alone work? Why have so many Christians died? Did they not pray hard enough? What's the role of prayer? Does it work to prevent other diseases like cancer? Could prayer prevent uh, a car accident or cause you to regrow a limb that had to be amputated? You have to be actually ready. And um, when when you know when the guys say, I don't think the masks are justified based on the risk ask if they wear seat seatbelts. Do you pay attention to food expiration dates? Explain how they came to these conclusions, whether they even reasoned their way in or not, because they didn't. These are people who, upon the lightest questioning, fall apart. That's what I regret that Martha Raddatz didn't do. Had she done it, I would have been completely on board with this segment. Sadly, she handled it in a different way. You guys are truly going to be disgusted by what I'm going to tell you today. Last week, I already told you that we have been 100 percent demonetized on Facebook. We are making 0.0 on Facebook because I talked about the fact that former Trump advisor Steve Bannon, right wing nut, suggested Dr. Fauci be beheaded. OK, we didn't show any gory videos. We called him out for saying it. We called out the violent rhetoric from the right against doctors. We were reporting on it. And we were 100 percent demonetized on Facebook, our entire channel. We've come to build our Facebook revenue. It's about 17, 18 percent of our monthly revenue. It's gone. Okay, I told you that last week, that's already bad enough. And the right loves to say, oh, the social platforms are all left wing. They oppress the right and they favor the left. And blah, blah, blah. But we are banned from monetizing every video on Facebook because I mentioned what Steve Bannon said. Okay, here's the new wrinkle Mark Zuckerberg has decided Facebook won't be banning Steve Bannon because of that video that he posted, because he hasn't done anything bad enough to be ban worthy. Reuters reports. Zuckerberg defends not suspending ex-Trump aide Bannon from Facebook. And it goes on to say that Facebook chief executive Mark Zuckerberg said on Thursday, Trump White House adviser, former Trump White House adviser Steve Bannon didn't violate enough of their policies to suspend him from Facebook when he urged the beheading of two senior U.S. officials. I really need everybody to understand this what Steve Bannon said about Dr. Fauci is supposedly so bad, so vile, so horrible, so toxic that I was 100 percent demonetized for mentioning Bannon said this and it's bad. But the person who actually said the horrible, vile thing for which I was demonetized, he didn't do anything worthy of being banned from Facebook. Facebook, which Republicans love to hate, and like all major social media networks, they claim Facebook favors the left. Facebook hates the right. They ended my monetization for criticizing what Steve Bannon said. But Mark Zuckerberg says the guy who said it nah, he didn't do anything ban worthy. Give me a brick. Come on, guys. It's almost satirical that it's so absurd. Update on monetization is we are still as of this moment 100% demonetized. Some people wrote to me saying they have contacts at Facebook, uh, they have some emails in. Others said David monetization might return automatically after a week or potentially 30 days. I will let you know. In any case, we this is why we are working on building direct support so we're not knocked around by this stuff. Grab a membership at joinpackman.com. We have this coupon code Fresh Start. Saves you seventy percent, and every membership protects us from this type of nonsense. So uh, please do grab a membership at Pacman dot com, and I will uh, certainly let you know if Facebook monetization ever returns. We have a voicemail number. That number is two one nine two David P. Here is a question about a Trump resignation that has been coming in regularly. Let's take a listen. Hey
2: David, I was just wondering if there is any validity to the idea of Donald Trump resigning, Mike Pence being sworn in and then pardoning him for his crime, sort of like what happened when Richard Nixon left office and Gerald Ford cleaned the slate for Richard Nixon.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, there's validity. There, There, there is validity to the idea. It's something that could happen. I, I don't think it's very likely. And I know a lot of you are wondering about this. The idea would be Trump anticipates that he could be in legal trouble after leaving office, Um, The way to preempt that would be he resigns and Mike Pence uh, gives him a preemptive blanket pardon. The reason I think it's unlikely is because it's just something that's so rare in American history that doesn't mean it couldn't be done. So if you if you gave me just an even odds bet and you say, David, bet does Trump resign and have Pence pardon him or not? I bet that it doesn't happen if you tell me to put sort of a number on it my thought is that there's like an eight to 10 percent chance that something like that happens. Now, many things happen in the world that have an eight or 10 percent chance. So uh, the, these could certainly be famous last words, but I don't think that it is a, a likely thing to happen. Um, it. Uh, listen, the next 10 weeks could be crazy. So really anything could happen. But I, if you if you put me, if you hold a gun to my head and say, David, bet does this happen or not? I bet that it doesn't happen. We will have a fantastic bonus show today. It turns out that Chad Wolf, actually did not have the authority to restrict the DACA program, which has been the subject of much controversy during the Trump presidency. A federal judge has ruled in that way. We are also going to talk about Deutsche Bank suggesting a five percent privilege tax on people choosing to work from home. I'm against that, and I will tell you why on the bonus show. And we will also talk about how there are many Obama former Obama staffers who are suggesting to Joe Biden. He needs to go wild with executive orders to undo the damage done by Donald Trump. And of course, you know that the moment Joe Biden tries to do that, the same Trumpists who loved Trump's orders, executive orders, will say, Oh, that's that's authoritarian. Using executive orders is authoritarian. We're going to talk about that and much more on today's bonus show. Get instant access by becoming a member at joinpacman.com.